0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Dead Red Herring Podcast. I am Roland, and I am going to be your host. Alone, today. Because Magnus has decided to go on a vacation, for some reason. I don't know why. But, here's a fun thing. I'm in the basement. At least that's something. Yay! Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, yes. So, since I'm alone this time... It's just gonna be me ranting on stuff. So, what do I have in mind? Well, Alita, Battle Angel. Because, I mean, that's an awesome movie and it's kind of relevant. And uh, apart from that, I'm actually gonna talk about Celesteel. Celesteel? Celesteel, I think. Uh, It's the right way to pronounce it. I I haven't really... Well, I've been reading it a lot, not really talking about it. But, uh, Celesteel, yes. That is a indie game and comics project, so uh, I'm gonna be talking about that. Uh, I'll be giving you a, a sort of review on the two part comic that is out. I'm really awaiting the third one because this is awesome. And uh, after I've been doing that, I'm actually gonna uh, gonna talk a bit about critics and uh, stuff like that, sort of like Russian tomatoes. But well, that's later. First off, Alita Battle Angel. I went to see this movie, and I'm, I have to say that I was really surprised how good it was. Because when I first saw the movie posters and commercials and stuff like that, I was like, "Hey, I'm not really sure about this. I wasn't really impressed with the, uh, the design, so to say. Because there was something off with, with the big eyes and all. But when I actually went to see the movie, I, I really changed my mind about this. Because looking at it, it was the right design for what the movie was. And the thing is that I'm actually a really big fan of the manga. Uh, I, I read the manga in my early 20s something. Uh, kind of late into the game maybe. But I mean... It takes time to find good stuff sometimes. But this manga is actually one of the best ones I read and it's stuck with me. So if you want to read a really good manga, you should go read that because it's sort of dark but but not in the in a all too depressing kind of manner mostly. It's kind of gory so be warned and It really makes you feel for the character. So it's really greatly, it's a great read. It's awesome. So, coming to the movie, do I think that the movie mm, did justice to the manga? Yes, mostly. Now, the reason I say this is because it's a, a movie adaptation. I mean, whenever there's a movie adaptation of a manga into a movie or an anime into a movie there's sort of a it doesn't really go all the way let's just say i'm i'm thinking mainly of ghost in a shell right now because sure it was a great movie but it was nowhere near what i expected since also ghost in a shell is something i really do like and enjoy um the anime <sighs> It's a timeless classic, so to say. So to make that justice, uh, that, that's something I think they should have done more or better, so to say. The Ghost in a Shell movie was kind of a disappointment. They changed too much. They didn't really capture the feeling that was in the source material. Which is what Alita El- did right. This movie actually captured the spirit of the manga, the 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 feel of the source material, and that's awesome. And w- when I went to see it, the I was really captured by the visuals. They were awesome. Uh, even though I mean it's CGI up the wazoo, but it's in a way that makes it flow. For example, Whenever you see a cyborg, uh, someone that's not not only uh, like they they lost an arm and, and replaced that. No, I'm talking the full body cyborg. They have this sort of way to them that they they look human, but they have a certain s- not not style, but the way they move. It's it's just flowing, and I like that because it makes me think of them more as robots. But when I, in the movie though, when, when I saw someone with maybe an arm or a leg, a prosthesis, they felt more like clunky. Um, Like they had to, they had this extra thing on them that wasn't really part of them. So it was a bit of a strain or, or uh, just weird for them to use. And that's also a, awesome thing to see because it really makes you believe it so what i felt was the best part of the movie is that they actually capture all the motions for for the action scenes mostly in, in a sort of john wick kind of way it's quick and it's dirty it's just it's from zero to 100 in like a half a second and i really think that's that's an awesome part of it, because these aren't supposed to be slow things. It's supposed to be this high-paced action. So, that's awesome. And again, with the visuals, the way that they've built the scenes and the environment, the details, it's like, sometimes it's almost a sensory overload because there's so much, but it's awesome. I love it. Um, and. Mostly, the movie has a good flow to it, but there is some things that sort of make it slow down. And I think for me, it's because I'm thinking the manga when I should actually be thinking a movie. And usually, when it comes to movies, my my, my general feeling for movies is that they they rush things and don't take enough time to tell me the whole picture instead it's like they throw in some minor things and just move along move along move along we have a deadline here so yeah compared with the manga the movie felt really rushed but i can understand why because they cover a whole lot of the manga in just this compressed time that is the movie so Moving to the characters. I'm I'm just going to go with the really main characters here. Uh, Let's start with Alita. What did I think of her? I loved her. She was awesome. Here we can talk about a strong female character without it being shoved down your throat. Because she she was who she was. No more, no less. And she had a hero's journey and a true character development. Which was so awesome to see, because in the beginning of the movie, she starts out, you could see her as a child, kind of naive and just exploring and discovering the world, so to say. And that also gives her a whole lot of humanity, because you can actually imagine yourself uh, with these things, just thinking back to when you were a child. Because everything was new, everything was exciting and big and, and sometimes scary. But, but it was still something that, that gave you the things for you to mature and, and expand on yourself, I guess. And that's also an interesting thing with Alida because we follow her from this childlike state into maturity. And one of the best scenes in the movie, in, in my opinion, is when she actually goes into adulthood. Not, not, I'm, I'm not going to be too spoiler-tastic on this, but uh, she does get a new body. And when she does, it changes to fit uh, what I would say is a more mature body type. And they explain this by saying that this body reacts to Alita's inner picture or imagining of herself. And funny enough, the critics have called this particular thing to be sexualized. That this is sexualizing Alita as a character. And I think that's total bullshit. Because when she goes through this transformation uh, it has nothing to do with sexuality. It, nothing at all. This is just purely to show how someone moves from childhood into adulthood. And that is the beauty with this scene. I'll get back to this more, uh, the, the scene in particular, but, but this whole sexualized agenda thing, it, it's, it was an article on Screen Rants, I think, that said that Well, it sexualizes Alita because of robot tits. And it's just so goddamn annoying because Alita's body looks like a totally normal woman. Proportions are really so mid-tier that it's almost ridiculous. This is the most generic female body ever. But no, it's sexualized. It's bullshit. This is a normal, healthy female body. And also, I mean, this is a, a robotic body. It's not real. It has no real organs. It's steel. And uh, different alloys and other minerals, I guess. But but there is nothing sexual about it. It has the appearance, yes, but nothing else. So if, if you have to complain about it being sexual, I... Th- you might be the one having the problem, but enough ranting about that. Let's move from Alita to the uh, other characters. first main support character. This is Dr. Ido. Um, and if I'm gonna make a comparison from the manga to the way they portray him in the movie, I'd say that they actually did a really good job. It's not a straight-off copy at all. They made their own thing with the character. But the way they did it, I really appreciate. Because they, they make him into the father figure, the one who wants to pro- protect the young Alita. And I think that's wonderful. It's not an a overbearing uh, father like, oh, no, I forbid you from doing that, and stuff like this. No, you see the concern. He cares a lot about Alita. And I really think this is awesome. And this also goes into the scene I was talking about earlier when Alita gets her new body because at this point Ido has to realize that Alita is her own person. That she has grown up. She's no longer the little girl that he found and Took care of. And this scene is so beautiful because of this, because of this is truly symbolizing how a father has to let go of his little girl to see that she is the master of her own life to make her own decisions and that he can no longer no longer protect her. Like that, well, he wants to protect her, but he knows that she has to make her own decisions. And he realizes this, and all he tells her is that he... It doesn't matter what body she has, because it's who she is as a person that matters. And this scene is so beautiful. This should be the poster scene for all father-daughter relationship movies ever. Uh, so... And, and other than that, I mean, Ido, he's a kick-ass character. He has respect with all the bounty hunters in town. He, uh, he actually fights himself, uh, even though he has no cybernetic enhancements. And, um, yeah, he's just an awesome character. And I love the fact that he's not a bumbling fool. He's very capable, he's intelligent, he's strong. But it doesn't come at the cost of anyone else. He's his own strong character, just like Alita is her own strong character without pushing someone else down. I love it. Um, Star Wars should take note. Uh Ahem, ahem. And maybe MCU now as well. But we'll come back to that later. Okay, so moving from Ido. We got... The second support character, which is Hugo, the love interest. Too bad this time, though. I think they've actually failed a bit with this character. Um, when I watched it, I didn't really think too much about it because I was more focused on Alita than I was on Hugo, but it... when I started thinking about it, I really felt that he was really flat as a character. He was a cardboard sort of character he was there because he was in the original story but they didn't take anything of the original story well except from one aspect but that was also the main aspect they took that one with them but not the other ones um and i think that that was a loss because the the story arc for this character in the manga is really interesting it will take a hold of you and (laughs) It, it, it gets really heavy at some point, uh, but it's great to read it, and, and when there's a climax in the story, you really feel it, and that's awesome. Too bad that I don't have the same feeling for Hugo in the movie as in the manga, because if they only taken certain aspects more in, from the manga into the movie, I think I would have had the same experience. But now it was more like... Eh, you don't really care too much about you. Actually, I did care about him, but it wasn't at the same at the same level. And I could already tell what was going to happen to the character. so I was prepared but <laughs> but for my fiance that was with me when I saw the movie, well, for her, it was, I guess, a, a much deeper reaction. um I might actually do a deeper analysis of the movie and the manga with her at at some later date, so stay tuned for that one. But yeah. Um, What else do we want to say about Hugo? Oh yeah, here's the thing. Um, Looking back at it, you could say that he is a bit of a douche. Uh, A bit too cocky, maybe, if if we want to use that term. and be, him him being the love interest you see Alita falling for him and all and i actually had an interesting short exchange on twitter about this about how she fell for the douche in her teenage years sort of and i think that's actually what they might have wanted to portray here because that's also a a underlining a, a sign of Alita's childhood innocence, so to say. That she had a teenage crush on this guy and the her being as naive as she is, you can understand it. But but it all it matures as well, this relationship, and I think it's it's awesome the way they do it. But again, I was already prepared for what was gonna happen, so it didn't hit me as hard as it might maybe should have, so yeah, well, that, it, things are what they are. uh last character that I wanna point out for this is Victor. uh Victor is the main antagonist. there there are some other antagonists as well. Uh, it's the big do that uh Alita fights now and then but. Vector is the main bad guy, except from another sort of working-in-the-shadows puppet master, but I don't really count him uh, as the main antagonist because we don't see him enough. He's not really that active directly in the movie, so I'd say Vector is the main villain. Uh, Vector is played by... Meir Ali. And uh, I think. <laughs> who did they go right on this actor. Portraying this character. Because he makes the character seem so. oh So goddamn intimidating. And, and the, the, the posture. And he's so imposing. I love it. He's a great villain. But they didn't use him as much as they should have. They should really have taken every chance they had to use this character, because God damn it, he is awesome. And just going to the last scene we see with Vector, the way Marisala plays that role, it is so goddamn awesome. It's gold, people. I mean, if anything, go see the movie because of this character. And this actor, because god damn it, this is awesome. So, I mean, looking at the whole picture with Alita Battle Angel, the movie with the characters, how they interact, I, I think they made a really awesome movie. But again, sort of rushed so but and also it was really compressed with the story, so they changed a bit here and there and, and left certain aspects out, comparing to the manga that is. But all in all, It is a great movie. And with stunning visuals. And I actually wanted to see it in 3D now that I think about it. I usually go see movies without 3D because, I don't know, eh, I I feel that the 3D effects doesn't really give much. It's more of an annoyance, to be honest. But this movie, I should actually... I'm not sure if they play it in 3D somewhere around here, but I'll have to check it. Uh, But all in all... If I had to put a rating on it, I'd say 4.5 out of 5, 9 out of 10, something like that. Because there were certain pieces that I was missing. There are certain plot holes. It might not be big stuff when you look at the movie, but when you start thinking about it, it, it might be something to think about. Like, for example, uh, why are people living so cramped in this city where they are. Um, because it, it's supposed to be a post-apocalyptic world, but it seems that there's no problem farming. Uh, the nature seems a-okay. So, I mean, why don't people just spread out a bit? I know access to technology and everything like that and so on and so forth, but still... There there should be a bit more pioneers going out and everything. There might be. It's nothing that's shown in the movie, so it's just something to think about. Uh, Second part that I'm thinking about is uh, uh, at one point they go out into nature and they find this uh, crashed spaceship. And uh, from the looks of it, it's been there for a long, 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 long time. Why haven't anyone been there to strip it for parts or to take the material or just to get some new tech? No, it seems that it's been just lying there and nobody's touched it. So it's, it's not a big deal again, but it, just in thinking about it afterwards, it's like this little just itchy thing going like, why? Give me an answer. Uh, Also, the whole thing, the the meta thing, is that what led the world to this post-apocalyptic thing was a war uh, mostly taking place out in space. But they don't really explain why it came to be like that. So I guess these are things that might be answered if there is a sequel which i actually think there's going to be because i mean the movie made a whole lot of money um, even though a lot of people didn't think it would and also it costs a whole bit i don't have the numbers uh, in front of me right now but i know it's it was a really high number but it's made a killing in the box office so hopefully we might see a, a second movie, and that would be really awesome, and I hope they do it, because it deserves to get a sequel, and I just hope it keeps up with the same quality that the fir- this one have. So, that's something to look forward to. Uh, and again, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you do it. Yeah. So, moving from Alita, we have uh, Celestia Steel, this indie game and comic project that has the uh, aspiration to bring back the 80s cartoon feeling to, uh, well, comics and gaming. And uh, that's awesome, I think. Because I'm born in the 80s. Most of my childhood uh, was spent with, you know, (laughs) video games and uh, TV cartoons and stuff like that. So I really... Enjoy stuff like this, mostly at least. Um, but I I've had the great opportunity actually to read the two uh, comic, two part comics um, that that's come out. I am eagerly waiting for the third part, and I can say that the art is great. It has light colors, good outlines, and it has this really awesome feel of the eighties cartoons and. There's a lot of attention to details, both in foreground and background. It, it just looks awesome. And <laughs> if I'm going to give an example, uh, there there is this bad guy. He has the makeup of a clown and he's an AK-47. You get this really 80s, almost uh, silly thing, but that's awesome. That was the spirit of the 80s, to to be this over-the-top thing, but still sort of serious. So I like that. And and that goes for all characters, actually, both protagonists and antagonists. They have good work done with them, with detail uh, and stuff like this. Uh, So uh, if I'm going to be nitty-picky about this, I'd say that the first part, that one shines really, really well. The art is mum, yummy. Uh, second part, you notice that there's been changes, and I've been told that the reason is that the artist left the project for some reason, um, and so the people that were left pick up the slack, and they did an amazing job. For <laughs> I, I was about to say for what it's worth, but no, I really mean it. They did an awesome. Job completing that uh, part, uh, so it's still a great, a, a great comic. But there was one detail that it it just rustled my jimmies a little bit, and it was uh, one of the bad guys. He fired his gun, and the bullets flying out. It was <laughs> it wasn't just the bullet; it was the casing as well. So it, it's it's a small. Mistake, but it, it kind of grinds my gears a bit to see, <laughs> because I, I, I'll admit I am a weapons uh, nerd and I'm a hunter, so yeah, I have certain expectations when it comes to the portrayal of weapons and bullets. But l- let's see here, jumping into the characters. The characters, they are based on the Greek zodiac signs, you know, the Leo, Pisces, uh, Libra, and all those. Uh, So all the characters, they have uh, personalities and appearance that reflects this, Uh, and I think that's awesome because you can really see what each character is supposed to represent. Uh, So far, my favorites have been um, Scorpio, Scorpio. whatever his name is again, I'm sorry, I should remember this. But uh, yeah, Scorpio and Leo, because Leo, that's, that's my sign. So of course, I'm going to have a deep connection with that character, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to awesomeness scale, I think Scorpio actually has the better one. <laughs> uh, he's just really badass. He has, uh, he has this, his main weapon is actually a scorpion's tail with poison. And they actually make a fun reference in the comic about, oh, it works on everything except the bosses. And that's awesome. I love these kind of references. Oh, speaking of references, there's this whole uh, big page where they make a homage to Streets of Rage. And if you haven't played that game, go and do it. As for the Sega Mega Drive, it's one of the most awesome game series there is. So, yeah, you've heard it here. Go play it. B- but also, y- just the whole influence of the classic 80s. I mean, this world uh, that the comic and game will take place in is called uh, Gaia Moore. And it's uh, it's this 80s post-app kind of world. And uh, it's it's really just a, a big reference <laughs> all in all to... The good old stuff. Uh, but also, the, the, there's sort of a serious undertone to it, because the reason that the world has gone the way it has is because of greed. But it, they, they write it in a way that it doesn't feel like it, it, it's supposed to be some sort of political statement. It's more like, this is what happened to this world, and that's why it, it is the way it is. Uh, go have an adventure. Uh, nothing like, oh, we should never make this happen in our world or stuff like that. No, no, no. Nothing at all. And I love it. Th- this comic is a comic. Everything in it is within the comic and, and within the story of it. it. And from my perspective, from what I've read, it has nothing to do with real life politics. And I love that. If i are going to say anything else about the characters is that they are somewhat over the top. But that is uh, what I expect from this kind of comic. And that is actually what gives it the right kind of feel. And it goes for the, the bad guys, the villains as well. They are this sort of over-the-top kind of character. But as I said, yes, that is what I want. And it gives a good life to the comic and the story. Uh, and it makes me want to go back, come back for more. So, yeah. <laughs> It is what a comic is supposed to be, entertaining and fun. So I can say that if you enjoy 80s cartoons like uh, He-Man and I think Turtles goes into that and uh, Thundercats, and if you like games like Streets of Rage or Double Dragon, uh, Battletoads maybe, sort of like that, this is the comic and I think the game for you because from what I've seen it's going to have this sort of beat-em-up style to it but it's in the works so you should go check it out. I will leave a link in the description for this episode so you can go and check it out. Please do it. Uh also I hope that I can get the creator of Celestial on the show sometime so I can really get into tell me the nitty-pitty things about his project. So yeah. Come on. Give me. <laughs> so yeah. But moving from uh, the, the more lighthearted stuff into what might be a rant, I guess. Critics. Now, uh, f- I-, I can't say for how long, but uh, whenever I want to get to know something about a movie or a game or something, I go to, I usually go to YouTube. I go and look up, it's, well, channels with, with people that I know um, are honest with their opinion, that can say if something is good, if something is bad, and, and I guess I look maybe for, for some bias here. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I look for someone that I know has similar taste to me, to see what they have to say about a certain thing, and from that I, I get a better idea whether or not I'd like a movie or a game and I never go to the to the professional critics. I, I don't read like uh, the the game journalist stuff for other than like podcast material. I never go to them for an uh, for looking for a game because I know that they will not give me The honest picture. I know that they are going to shill for something, usually for themselves, uh, but often it's going to be clickbait uh, headlines and stuff like that, just to get you in there, and then the the actual article is going to be nothing. So, uh, and no place is this more obvious than on. Rotten Tomatoes, how disconnected critics can be from the audience. So let's, let's take Alita, for example. Um, Alita has an audience score of 94%, while the critics have a score for, for the movie on 60%. I know this number has gone up the, during the last week or so, because when the movie came out, the Critics' score was really low. I think it was maybe 40-45%. And that's considered rotten. While the audience have always been high, from when I saw it the first time, it was already at 94%. And it stays up there. The audience loves this movie, but somehow the critics don't like it. And I've seen a lot of going around how critics have been Slamming Alita in an attempt to lift up Captain Marvel. And just looking at Captain Marvel on Rotten Tomatoes. When I checked last, the interest for this movie was down to 34%. 34% for a Marvel Cinematic movie. That's, that's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> Another example. The Last Jedi. The critics have a rating of 91% for that movie, while the audience say 44% liked it. Holy crap, th- that's really... <laughs> that's a big difference. <laughs> and for some reason it seems that whenever the critics like something, the audience hate it. Whenever the audience like something, the critics hate it. It's, it's kind of it's fucked up basically and, and it seems like the critics have their own agenda of what they think or or want to be good that they want people to see and, uh, and the audience have a completely different view on stuff but we've seen it so many times especially when it comes to The Last Jedi that whenever the audience the fans say that no, we don't really like this, why did you do that? And uh, they question, they critique it. They get met with slanderous comments, they called man babies and stuff like this. But but there's such a big disconnect between both critics and audience and also creators today. I mean, (laughs) just look at Lucasfilm and Kennedy and Ryan Johnson. Kathleen Kennedy has really... Just ruined this IP. I'm not gonna say that she had done it single handedly, but god damn it! Whenever Disney took over uh, Lucasfilm and got their hands on Star Wars, that was really the start of the decline. I remember when they said that we're, they were gonna make new Star Wars movies, and this was back in, what, 20, 2012 maybe or something like that? And my first thought was that, oh, shit, no, no, I I don't think that's going to be a good idea. (laughs) They're going to screw it up. And, well, we see what happened. (laughs) They really did. (laughs) So, the reason they fucked it all up is because they went political. They, They threw story to the side and thought that, oh, we need to send a message instead. And what happened? Well, they fucked up. They ruined it. I I wanted really to see the reunion of Luke, Leia, and Han. And to see them having a last adventure and then maybe passing the torch on to fitting characters? I mean, I still see the expanded universe as true canon, so that's what I wanted to have seen. I wanted to see a film adaptation of the heir to the empire. That would have been so awesome because we would get Mara Jade and we would get the twins, and we would have had a really great story. But instead, we got we got Luke on the teat of a weird space cow. That's just sad, and don't even get me started on. Rose Tico and the casino things, and yeah, no. Fuck that shit. (laughs) I'm not spending any more money on Star Wars. And that's also coming to the point of Captain Marvel. I think the reason that only 34% of people on Rotten Tomatoes has an interest in seeing that movie is because of Brie Larson, on how she has just... Taking a blunt object and whacked it at the fans, but because here's the problem, she said that if you're white, she doesn't care. She doesn't want you to see the movie, and it's like she started to divide who had a right to see the movie and who didn't. And here's a person that say that she. She's an activist for equality and minority rights. But in my mind, she only leads to more problem when she goes and gets political with a movie that is supposed to be for everyone already. So she made it clear she doesn't want my money. And I gladly keep my money. (laughs) And I actually gave it to Alita instead, but that's a different thing. and. Now, I've seen uh, magazines and stuff go out and say, Oh, no, Brie didn't mean anything. She doesn't uh, dislike white guys and stuff like this. But why should I take the word for it? If Brie says one thing, why should I take a magazine's take on it? No, I'm gonna listen to Brie herself to see what she says. If she wants to have some weird connection between. diversity and, and the quality of cell phones. I guess that's her thing, but... <laughs> hell, I, I ain't gonna see the, that movie. And it kind of makes me sad, because I really enjoy the MCU movies, uh, The because that was a dream, to see all these heroes come to life on the silver screen, but now I feel like they're all dying, sadly. And I, I honestly believe that had critics been more on the side of the audience, we might have seen it different. If Hollywood elites hadn't been so keen on putting their political dick into everything, I think we'd have seen a whole different thing. But things are the way they are now, and... Uh, well, I, I'm just glad that instead of a political activist, Mary Sue Captain Marvel, I have a real genuine hero in Alita. So yeah, <laughs> that's my take on stuff. Now, if you agree with me or not, tell me. I'm on uh, Twitter. With DRH Podcasts, you can always send me a message, either on my timeline directly or on a direct message. I'm glad and open for communication. Uh, so, yeah, I- I've been doing my rant for a while now, so I hope you've enjoyed. And uh, again, <sighs> take a look at Twitter. Just send me a message. I'm glad to hear what you think about stuff. You can always find more of of, uh, Dead Red Herring on, uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, our main base in the podcast world is actually Podbean, but we're, 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 I guess you can find us wherever you can find podcasts. And we do upload to YouTube from time to time, but that's usually one or two weeks after the episode has aired on uh, the podcast uh, platforms. So, yeah. Well, I'm gonna take a bow now and say thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day. Bye now. (laughs) Ooh, Dr. Pepper.